Hello, everyone, and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemmy.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Omar. For we live by faith, and not by what? By sight. So trust in the Lord. With some of your heart? With all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. That is the word of the Lord. You can go ahead and take a seat, everyone. Let me just start off by just sharing a quick story that I think may help us connect the teaching uh, for today. Because to begin with, being a kid from the 80s, uh, yeah, a kid from the 80s, I absolutely love Steven Spielberg movies, right? They, he, was just, he just had a way of making magical movies. And one of my favorite series had to be Indiana Jones, specifically the third one, The Last Crusade. In fact, how many of you guys remember seeing The Last Crusade in the movie theater or maybe at home? Yeah, a good portion of us. Well, if you have not seen it, it's a great, great movie. But if you haven't seen it, let me just give you a quick overview of it. Because in the film, Indiana Jones sets out to rescue his father, Henry Jones, which is played by Sean Connery, right? And uh, his father has been shot in his pursuit for the Holy Grail, for the Holy Grail. And when Indy finally finds his father, they're laying on the ground, his father gives them a book. And that book contained information on how to find that holy grail. And so Indy has to move quickly because not only in order to save his own father's life, it had healing properties, but also to keep it out of the hands of the Nazis. Hitler's also going after. So you can imagine in the movie, the tension is building up. And so as Indiana Jones is on this journey, he gets to a point where there's a bottomless pit. And when, when he looks at that pit with his own eyes, in his mind, what his, what his eyes are telling him is that that pit is uncrossable. But folks, if he's going to cross that pit, it's going to take a step of faith. Now, Indy's father knew that he had the truth in his hand, but he also knew that it was easy for Indiana to doubt. And so as he's laying there on the ground, he utters a famous phrase, you've got to believe, boy. You've got to believe. In fact, take a look at what happens next. Believe. 
gotta love that scene, right? You gotta love Harrison Ford. Well, folks, let me just bring that whole scene over to our teaching for today because what a picture, right, of our Christian life. You see, just like Indiana Jones was on this journey that was going to require him to take steps of faith, folks, in the same way we are in our Christian journey, and there's going to be critical moments in your life and in my life where we're also going to have to take steps of faith. And just like Indiana Jones had a book in his hands given to him by his father who contained truth, Folks, in the same way, our Heavenly Father has given us a book, amen, containing truth, namely the Bible, His Word. And if we're going to be people who live by faith and not by sight, then we need to trust what He has given to us. In fact, the big idea for this weekend, the big takeaway is this. Your Heavenly Father, He wants you to live by faith. And not by sight. Now you may be sitting here at one of our campuses or online and you may be wondering, Pastor, listen, I know that we got to live by faith. But you don't understand. Listen, I'm in a situation in my life that I feel stuck. And I just don't know how to move forward. So how can I live by faith? Well, we're going to find out from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All right? So if you have your Bibles at our campus, let's go ahead and turn them to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And you can also uh, uh, follow along in our apps. Be sure you download our app on the App Store. And with that in mind, listen, I have three thoughts for you today on how you can live by faith and not by sight. So if you want to live by faith, here's point number one. Don't focus on the circumstances of your life. Don't focus on the circumstances of your life. Now, before we dive into the text for today, let me just give us a brief background to understand the context of what's happening here because the apostle paul here is writing to the church in corinth which is in modern day greece very close to athens and he knows that he's going through a very tough season in 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 that church's life and so not only are they being ridiculed and persecuted by the people of that area to make matters worse that church has begun to start giving in to the temptations of this world And so Paul here is writing to encourage them to endure in their faith. And so listen to what he tells them in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6. It says this, Therefore, we're always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we're away from the Lord, right? While we're still here on this earth, we're away from the Lord. For we live by faith, and not by sight. Folks, stop right there for a moment. Because there's going to be a time in your life and in my life where we are going to live by sight. And that is when we see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, face to face, right? Listen, at that point, we're going to be living by sight. But until then, we're going to be living, God wants us to live by faith. Now, notice the contrast here between faith and sight. Because living by sight is the great temptation of the Christian life. Especially in those areas that you really, really care about. You see, when when Indiana Jones came in his journey to that pit, 
right? When he looked down to that, to that bottomless pit and his mind was not only uncrossable, but, it, but all the circumstances that he was seeing was really overwhelming him. And folks, what is, that, what is that area in your life that you have come to the edge of that situation? And when you look at the, circum, the circumstances of that, of, that issue, of, of, that circ, of that issue in your life, truth be known, you feel overwhelmed by what's going on in, that, in your life. Maybe for you it's a struggling marriage. Maybe you got into a marriage and you thought everything was going to be just fine, but things have not panned out the way you thought they were. Maybe you're going through a family issue, something with a loved one, a child, a family member. Maybe you're single here today and you're experiencing loneliness. Maybe it's a financial issue, a career issue. Maybe it's a health. Maybe you or someone who you love is going through a very difficult moment regarding their health. Maybe you're a student here. And at, and at school, you're going through a breakup with a boy or with a girl or something going on with classmates. Or maybe you're just overwhelmed with what the future holds regarding the next school, the next college that you're going to. But you see, whatever the case may be, whatever that issue is for you, it's easy for us in those moments in our life to take actions not on what God says we should do, but solely on what your eyes tell you you should do. Yeah, we, we allow what we see to influence what we do. And folks, because you and I, we face this temptation in our life, listen to what Solomon in all of his wisdom says when you're in those critical moments in that situation in your life. Listen to what he says. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on what? On what? Your on own understanding. On your own understanding. Now, folks, if you're in Proverbs, circle the phrase, your own understanding. Because it's interesting that throughout the rest of the book of Proverbs, we're actually encouraged to seek understanding. Notice in Proverbs 2, chapter 2, it says this, incline your heart to understanding. In verse 11, it says, understanding will guard you. In chapter 3, it says, blessed is the one who gets understanding. So why is it that in this specific verse, God is saying not to seek understanding? See, God is not opposed for you to seek understanding. In fact, as we just saw, he actually encourages it. But what God is opposed to is you leaning solely on your own understanding. In fact, folks, when, when we lean on our own understanding, God goes to the extent and calls it evil. Listen to the very next verse in Proverbs. It says, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from what? Evil. From evil. See, the reason that God considers it evil when we rely on our own understanding is because by doing so, we are implying that we are sufficiently wise and we don't need God. 
And folks, I don't have to tell you, if you've lived any amount of time, you know that's not the case. Because when the reality is that when you start reflecting in all those moments in your life that you failed, that you and I messed up, that we stumbled, that we look back and, and, and our hearts are filled with regret when we think of that time or that season, it's never in those seasons that we listened to what the Lord was asking us to do every single time. It's because we let our own understanding of the situation shape our decisions and shape our actions. So, Pastor, why is it? Why is it that when we rely on our own understanding, why is it that we make so many mistakes? Well, first of all, if you're taking those letter A, listen, because your own understanding is limited. It's limited. Listen to what Deuteronomy 29, 29 says. It says thus, the what? The secret things belongs to the Lord our God. The secret things. Now, folks, I know that, that this verse is really referring to the bigger philosophical questions in life, but I think it also could apply to the small details of our life. Because there's going to be things about that situation that you thought about early that you're facing. Listen, that you're just not going to know. Our sovereign God, for, and for whatever reason, is not going to show you every single thing about that situation. And so as we're taking this journey in our life, we need to embrace the reality that our understanding of what's really going on is not full and complete, but it's actually limited. And not only is your own understanding limited, but if you're taking notes, letter B, your own understanding is also flawed. Your own understanding is also flawed. See, when we're dealing with something in our life that's really consuming us, here's what we want to do always. We want to try to get as much information as we can, talk to different people, search online, go on that Facebook, search on Google. Because we think in our minds that if, we are, if we're able to gather all the information that we need, then we will always make the right choice. Isn't that what we think? But here's the issue. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, the moment that Adam and Eve sinned and they allowed sin to enter into this world, it corrupted and flawed everything. It corrupted and flawed this physical universe. It corrupted and flawed these physical bodies we have. And it even corrupted and flawed our understanding, our minds, our reason. Now, sure, you know, we can still reason after the fall, after Adam and the, after the sin came into this world. We can still reason. We can still make decisions, but not the way that God intended us to. Our understanding, our minds are not perfect. They're flawed. In fact, you can spend so much time in your life, hours and hours, days and days, researching, trying to do things, and still not be sure you made the right choice. And this applies to the big things in life and even applies to the most minute, small details of our life as well. Let me just share with you what happened to me just recently. I decided to put uh, new uh, window tints in my car. 
And so I started calling different places around Miami. And can I tell you, it was the worst thing I did. It was really the worst thing. Because the more I called and the more information I gathered, here's what happened. I started realizing all these different types of cartons. There's different brands, different compositions, different gradings. And get this, now they make tints, which I didn't know, maybe you don't know either, that they're completely clear, they still block all the heat out. So I'm thinking, wow, there's a lot of stuff out here. So you know what? I started debating and researching the company with, and talking to Ashley. What should I do? What do you think? The darker tints, the lighter tints, what should you think? And he said, you know what? I'm going to go with the lighter tints. And I got the lighter tint, the, the clear tints in my car. Can I tell you that when I still drive down US 1 and I see another Honda Accord just like mine, and I see them with dark tints, I'm like, man, I think I should have gotten the darker tints, you know? And folks, the moral of the story, I know it's silly, the moral of the story, it doesn't matter how much research you get, listen, you, we will never make the right decision because our understanding is flawed. And so whatever situation you're in, all right, in your journey, and when you get to that situation, the answer is not to focus so much on the circumstances of what's going on. But if you're taking notes, listen, you need to focus on the God of your life. Amen. Big number two, focus on the God of your life. Amen. See, there has to be moments in your life where you you need to be sure that you take your focus off of the circumstances and you focus them on God. And you see, when you focus on God, it's not a blind faith. It's not an ignorant faith. But what, you know what you're doing when you do that? You go from seeking your own understanding to seeking God's understanding. For seeking not on your truth, but God's truth. For seeking not your own wisdom, but God's wisdom. Amen. And so when you, all of us in our journey, we have to look up and not focus on the circumstances of our lives, but on the God of our life. All right, pastor, I get it. We need to walk by faith and focus on God. But how do you do that? Like how exactly do you focus on God? Well, listen, as you are taking, as, as, as you are on that journey, and you need to take that step of faith, after you are in a relationship with Christ, the first step if you're taking a small letter A, is to look back at his past faithfulness. To look back at how faithful God has been to you all of your life. That's the first step. In fact, have you ever wondered why God has given us this amazing ability to remember? Now think about that. Truth be known, God could have created us just like we are. But just really to operate on instinct. When we're hungry, we eat. When we're tired, we sleep. When we are, need to go to the bathroom, we go to the bathroom, right? Folks, nothing would change. We would just be just fine. But our creator is so amazing that he gives us this interesting ability to remember, to have memory. And the reason he gives that is so that we can have relationships with others. You know, when I think about the relationship with my wife, throughout the years, my relationship with her has matured and has grown. Why? 
Because the more, every, the more I go through experiences, through trials in my life with her, through wins in our lives, exciting things, sad things, you know what happens? We're creating memories. And we're building trust throughout the years, and our relationship be, be, continues to mature because of all those memories. If you think about it, it's the same way with you. All the relationships in your life are based on memories with that person. But you know, having relationships with other people, it's really a secondary reason why God gives us the ability to remember. Because the primary reason that God gives us this ability is so that we could have a relationship with our creator, with our heavenly father. And so as you look back at your life, as, as you stop in your, in your life and you look back at, at his past faithfulness, you start remembering all the times he was faithful to you, don't you? You know, in your life, as you're walking in your life and you took that step and you went through that breakup that you thought you could never go through, and there was no future. Somehow, some way, God carried you through it. He healed you, and he was faithful then. When you took that step and there was a moment in your life where it looked like no, no doors could open, there was no job, there was no opportunity, but somehow, some way, God opened up a door, and he, op- and he was faithful then, and he provided that for you. Then you took a step of faith. Then you started looking back in your life, and that time that you got that bill, that notice in the mail, and you didn't know how you were going to do it, and somehow, someway, God was faithful then. When you got that medical bill, that, the medical notice that you did not know how you were going to get through it, your loved one, somehow, someway, the Lord healed and restored. And so, folks, as you start looking back in your life, you start reflecting, you start seeing how faithful he's been every single day of your life. But can I tell us, there's been a moment that God was ultimately faithful more than ever before, and that was back at the cross. The cross is the, is the perfect picture of God's faithfulness because your biggest need in your life and my biggest need is to be forgiven of our sins. And when Christ died on that cross for us, the righteous for the unrighteous, listen, he paid the sins of, of us on that cross, and there's where we see the epitome of his faithfulness. And so, folks, listen, as we stop and reflect and we see how faithful he was at the cross and we see how faithful he was through every single step of our life, every single point of our life, you know what happens? Not only does our relationship become stronger with God, but it helps us to trust him more towards the future. You see, the second step in walking by faith is not, is not only reflecting on his past faithfulness, but if you're taking notes, letter B, it's trusting in the future promises of God. See, after we reflect on how good God has been, now we look forward and we trust him in his promises. See, the way that you the, the way that someone lives by faith is not by just simply saying, I believe in God. You know, I have met so many people in my life that they acknowledge that God exists, that they acknowledge that there is a God, but do not live by faith. 
Because the only way that you can live by faith is when you open up God's word and you read his promises. Which means that you cannot be someone who never reads God's word, who never meditates on God's word and be a person who lives by faith. Because the only way that you and I can take steps of faith, listen, is when you open up God's word and you read his promises. And when you read his promises, you believe them. When you read that he will never leave us or forsake us, listen, you take a step of faith. When you read that all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose, you take a step of faith. When you read that he will never, will always provide for your needs, you take a step of faith. When you read that he will never, that he has a plan for your life, not to harm you, but for your absolute good, you take a step of faith. You see, folks, the way you live, the way you live by faith is when you open God's word, you read all of his promises, and you start taking steps. And that's how a child of God moves forward in their life. I can't tell you that God's promises are always true, even when we mess up. Even when we mess up. You know, oftentimes I've seen in so many people's lives that they start taking steps of faith in their life, but somewhere along the way, they mess up, they sin, something happens, and they think, well, if I've messed up here, then God is not going to be faithful then. Like, almost like if it's a transaction. But folks, listen to what 2 Timothy says. Even when we are faithless, even when we mess up, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Which means this, listen folks, that when you are on, on your journey, and if, even if you mess up and you stumble, and you sin, and you know you did something that you should not have done, here's what this verse helps us do. Stand up, we dust ourselves, because we know that God is faithful, and you continue living in your faith. Isn't that amazing, folks? That we have a God who's so good to us. And so, folks, here's the crux of the issue. When you read God's word, when you see his truth, when you see his promises, are you going to let, allow the circumstances in your life guide and shape your decisions? Or are you going to let God's truth be the one who leads you? Especially when there's no signs that God is at work. You know, what happens sometimes to us, including myself, is that when, we, when God is asking us to take a step of faith in an area in our life and trust him, here's what we like to do. We're like, God, I, am, I read your truth. I read your promises. I'm ready, but I want to see you work a little bit, right? Like, give me, give me a sign. Give me something so I can take that first, that first step of faith. But folks, even when we don't see God at work, we must trust in his heart. In fact, if you're taking notes, big number three. Listen, when you cannot see his hand, you need to trust his heart. His heart. We need to remember that he's a God who loves us, who has a plan for your life. And that he has his absolute best intentions for your life. 
So even when we don't see God at work, listen, we need to trust him, that he's faithful. You know, there's been many times in my life where I've had to trust God even though I did not see God at work yet. And a good example is that when I felt when I was called into the ministry. And so let me just share this story just to end today. Many of you may not know this, but before I went into the ministry, I was actually going to law school with the intention of going to the law profession. And one summer between my first and second year of, of law school, uh, I was I decided to go during that summer to fly to go see my dad overseas. And so I took an overnight flight to London. And as I was sitting in that middle of the middle aisle with all the lights off and everyone sleeping and I was just reading God's word. And I remember I was listening to a song by David Crowder called You're Everything, an old, old song. And as I'm listening to this song, I cannot fully explain it, but I feel the spirit of God come upon me in the middle of that Atlantic night. I feel like God called me into the ministry at that juncture. I remember at that time, I just started weeping and crying in the middle of, 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 of that flight. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, people are going to wake up and see me crying. Lord, help me here. You know, dry my eyes. But it was an emotional experience. But when I got back from that trip, I had a, a big decision to make. Since I felt like God was calling me into the ministry, do I just quit law school? Or do I continue? And so at that time, I prayed and I thought about it and, and just, you know, asked for counsel and sought God on this. And I felt like he gave me peace to finish off law school. I was, by the grace of God, I was going for free. And then I passed a bar. So I decided to stay in school and just finish those two years, two years then. And even those, during those, the last, those last couple of years, even though I knew I, that God had called me into the ministry, if I could be transparent with you, I, I didn't know if I was capable of doing ministry. I mean, I had never spoken in public. I had never led a staff meeting. I had never led volunteers. But if I could be even more transparent with you, my bigger question is, Lord, I, I'll follow you here, but how, how, how am I going to survive financially? And and how can I eventually provide for my children? I mean, I want to have children. I want to be able to have a family. So that's an issue that I was just wrestling with. And one day I was sitting down, spending time with the Lord, just reading his word. And I remember that I was, I was reading, I was going through Psalms 37. And when I got to, to verse 25, it was like one of those moments that you really felt like God was speaking to you, you know, loud and clear. So listen to what verse 25 said. It says, I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, or his children begging for bread. And folks, when I read that, that verse, I knew that God was telling me, Omar, if you obey me, and if you follow me into the ministry, I promise that I'll always protect you. I will always provide for you. And I will take care of your little ones.
And when I saw that promise of God, that truth, I, I got to tell you, I just kept it so close to my heart during those last two years. You know, during, those, during, the, during that time, it's, it's a really critical moment because for law students because you're setting up your future financially and uh, professionally. You're getting jobs. You're getting internships. And I remember all my friends around me, all my classmates, were talking about, hey, I got this internship. Hey, I got this job offer. I signed this contract for this much. I got my future lined up. And I still had no job of promise of ministry. I had no job. I had no idea where I was going to work. But as they talked about all their future and how it was being secured, I always remembered. I've been old. I've been young. And now I'm old. And I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. And folks, if I were to just let my eyes guide me, it, it looked what I was doing was foolish, right? But even though I didn't see God at work yet, I didn't, see, didn't know what he was planned for me. Even though I didn't see his hand at work, I needed to trust his heart. Can I tell you that God has been faithful to me? God has been so faithful. And all these years, I've been able to serve this church faithfully and be part of this church family. And it's all because of that critical moment. I didn't lean on my own understanding. But I trusted in the God who loves me. And I followed him. And so the question that I would have for you today is this. Listen, you may not go into my situation, but what is that area in your life, that situation, that issue, that you know you're not trusting God? You're not trusting God. And you know that God is encouraging you, wanting you to take a step of faith and trust Him. So the question you need to ask yourself, am I going to rely on what, we, on what I see in my circumstances? Or am I going to reflect on this past faithfulness? Trust his future promises and live a life of faith. The question is, will you trust him? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we love you so much and we're so grateful that you are a God who's just so good to us, so faithful. And Father, I know that there's many people at all campuses and online that they're going through some major issues in their life. But folks, whether they're big or small issues, Lord, you want us to trust you. And so I pray right now, Lord, that throughout, through, throughout our entire church and online, Lord, that you would meet us where we're at and that you would strengthen our faith in you. That you would move us to trust you so that we not only individually but collectively could be a church family that lives by faith and not by sight. So, Father, help us in our journey. And with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to speak to some of us here this, today because maybe you're here and as you've been listening to this message, it's actually kind of geared to the believer, and you're right. And you may be thinking, Pastor, listen, I, I love everything you're saying, but truth be known, I, I, I don't even have a relationship with God. I know about God. I just don't know God. I don't know him like other people in this room do. And I want to know. I want to start a relationship today with him. So how can I do so? 
was the Bible says that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not some who call, not most, not those who have it all together, but whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So pastor, how do you call on the Lord? Do I have to sign something? Is it a little ritual? Is it a paper? Do I got to get dunked or sprinkled? Listen, it's very simple. The way you call on the Lord and you start a relationship with God is when you put your faith and your trust in Him. In Him. See, the moment in your life that you surrender yourself and you, so, and you seek God and you put your faith and trust, you don't no longer lean on all the good things you've done or on the things you think will make you right before God, but the moment that you lean solely on your faith and your trust in God, the Bible says that that moment that you come to him in faith, he forgives you of your sins. He gives you everlasting life. And from that day on, you start a journey with God that will not end at the end of your physical life, but it will end, will never end for all of eternity. See, that's the relationship that God wants for you, of a heavenly father who loves you so that you can do life with him. And so if you're here today at one of our campuses, listen, I want to, and you're, and you're ready to take that step and start this relationship with God, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And this prayer is not a, a poem or something we wrote here at Christ Fellowship, but simply is help me helping you talk to your Heavenly Father for the very first time. And so when you pray, listen, don't pray to me. I'm just flesh and bones. I'm just a, a, a person, a man. Listen, you pray to the God who loves you, who died for you, and is waiting for you. So if that's you, Pray this quietly to yourself right there because he's listening. Pray this with me. Father, today I realize that for far too long I've been walking by sight. And I realize that this world has nothing to offer me. But today I come before you. And I will put my trust in you. So I ask you for forgiveness of my sins and I ask you to give me everlasting life. Father, I want to start a relationship with you today, oh God. Save me today. And for the rest of my life, Lord, help me to live a life that honors you and glorifies you so that I can live a life by faith, trusting in you, not by sight. Thank you, God, for being so good to me. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Family, if you're glad for those who pray that prayer at all of our campuses online, let's give it up for them. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to do something, all right? That's very, very important. Inside of your worship folder, there is a little connection card attached. Be sure that you fill that out, all right? And on your way out, listen, don't go to the car. It's easy to go straight to the car. Be sure to stop by the Next Step booth. It's at all campuses on your way out. And turn in that little card. And you know there's people there who will love, who are just ready to receive you, to encourage you. And they have a special gift of the Word of God to put in your hands. 
Because today we learned that we cannot live by faith if we don't have God's word, right? So if you came to know Christ, make sure you stop by. You'll be encouraged. It won't take just a couple minutes. You'll get a Bible and you'll be on your way out, all right? So be sure to stop by at the Next Step booth. All right, well, I'm going to call all the campus pastors to come to the front at all of our campuses. Christ Fellowship, I love you so much. You guys are the best. God bless. What a great message by Pastor Omar. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmemmy.org connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.